You're listening to Own Your Bold, an interview-based podcast for female entrepreneurs and leaders in business. I'm your host, Natalie sinizgali Katavong. Today's guest, Kelly Fravor, is the public relations manager at the George Eastman Museum in Rochester, New York, and has more than 12 years of experience in public relations. She worked at an advertising agency in the PR department for six years before making the leap to nonprofit. She specializes in building and maintaining relationships with media from both local Rochester Press to international media outlets, which have all helped to expand the footprint of the museum. She's a strong advocate for Rochester and all of its amazing entrepreneurs. Kelly. Yes. Thank you so much for being on today. Thank you for having me. So you are the PR expert in my world, and I've had you help me with several different PR things in my business and also now in my new business, but I kind of still don't really know what you do. So You're not alone in that. So let's talk about that. What is PR? PR is public relations. So it's really hard to explain to people who may not know what that even means. Public relations, it's about people, it's about relationship building. But I think ultimately the thing to take away from public relations is it's all about kind of brand and reputation management. So who you are, how to protect it, and also how to tell your story. That's kind of how I see a PR person. So basically, it's not just for individuals, it's certainly for businesses. You don't need to be famous to have a publicist. Right. You don't need to be famous. I think anyone that owns a business should have at least met with somebody in public relations to try to understand, you know, what they need and how to make their business successful. That's what we're here for. Sure. And so you said that you have a network of people that you work with, that you outsource certain parts of this task to, perhaps? So my network is media-based. So when I say network, I mean I know I have relationships with assignment editors at news publications. I have you know, personal relationships with, you know, editors at the New York Times and, you know, different business journals and trade publications. So part of my job is to build and maintain relationships with important media folks. So when the time comes to get your story across, it's an easy sell or an easy pitch to these people to get the word out. Yeah. And how do you decide which outlets are best suited for the particular either project or business that you're representing? So... That's where meet, you know meeting face-to-face with a client is so important before they dive into launching their product or their business. Um, so really understanding who they're trying to reach. So if it's a consumer product or if it's a service, knowing what the right audience is for that. So if it's a local Rochester audience, then you know local media is a great place to start. TV, print, uh, radio. Um, but if it's something that's more wide-reaching, maybe a national or regional launch, you know, you'd want to target things that way. So it really depends on what you're promoting, what your business is selling. If it's, like I said, a product or a service and who's your key audience? Is it, is it millennials? Is it families? Is it, you know, an older generation? There's different publications that meet different people's um, expectations. So it's, it's important to kind of sit down with a PR person and understand who your audience is, what your messaging is, and you know, what you're trying to get across. So is that your job to help the client get to the the root of their target market? Or do you hope that they have that, among other details, figured out before they meet with you? I think what's important is, you know, having a general understanding. You certainly don't have have to have it all figured out. That's why you would maybe hire someone to help with that process. Sometimes PR goes hand in hand with 
a no marketing professional. So they might help build strategies on the other side. And just to kind of back up and explain the difference, so PR is more editorial-based where we're pitching stories and narrative about your product, whereas marketing is the umbrella of you know an ad campaign or something on the radio, something that you would pay to have placed. But they work together to create the strategy and the key messaging. So if you're meeting at least with someone who's an expert in PR or marketing to start, I think that's a really good place to start. And then we can help kind of figure out together what you're trying to achieve and who you're tra- who's the best audience for your product. You probably have some sort of idea, right, when you're creating something that I want. This is for families. This is a great family product or service. I don't know what type of family Um, I don't know where to reach them. Is it just locally or regionally? That's something that we can certainly talk about. Sure. So now, what has changed in the industry since you got into it? A lot, actually. Um, So I was just thinking about this. I've been in the industry for 12 and a half years, which makes me feel a little bit old, but now I'm considered a a senior PR person. And we Um, went to school together. So So, yeah, we know each other for a very long time. Mm Mm-hmm. So we're both old. It's fine. We're both old. <laughs> so, you know, but I don't, feel, you know, I feel young still. We look great. Right? We do. I think so. <laughs> uh, I don't even remember what your question was. <laughs> so my question, what has changed? Oh, what's changed? Yeah. So the funny thing, which will make me feel even older, is when I first started in public relations, I started an, at an ad agency. So there was a small PR team and social media was not something that was monetized. It had just come to college two years, I think, before I graduated. It mm-hmm. was strictly a social networking platform. Yeah, that was what, 2005? Yep, 2005. And then so I started working in 2007. And about 2008, it started to be something that we needed to, you know, loop into our services that we offered. So trying to monetize Facebook and creating, that's when we first started pages for companies. And how are we going to use these? And now they had direct you know, interaction with clients and customers, who was going to manage that? Who was going to be the voice? It was it was an interesting time to figure that out because it was something that no one had ever done before. I mean, you had all this exposure to your clients and customers face-to-face, 24-7. You know, you were open for ridicule, but also for praise. So figuring that out and then also figuring out how to make it a business. So that's when Twitter... Instagram was not a thing. Twitter was still really, really new. And I was like, what do we do with this? You know, it's 140 characters. I mean, I don't even understand how we would. It just, this is going to make me sound old, but, you know, then it was, it was a big deal. So I've watched that whole industry change. And at the time, social media fell under the PR umbrella. So, you know, as an entry level person, I was creating content calendars for, for clients that's something, you know, we would schedule out months in advance. We were just learning how to how to figure this out. Excuse and that's me. its own job now. It is, and it completely it needs to be. Um, yeah. I work with someone in my, in my job that that's her job. I mean, she does other things, but there's no way I could manage social media accounts plus traditional public relations. There are people that do it, and they are rock stars and probably never sleep, but it is that a lot of that has changed. So the fact that there are now different avenues to get your news out there. So you can share your own story and interact 24-7, like I said, with your customers. That really kind of changed the game. 
Has that made things easier or more difficult? Because I've only run my business in what I would say the social media era. I started my photography studio around 2007. It was optional at that point, if you will, to have a Facebook page. But it came on the scene so quickly once I started that I, I don't really remember a time before it. Yeah. So based on how you used to be trained to help businesses versus access to the different outlets they have now, is it easier? Is it harder? Is it just different? I think I would say it's easier in the fact that you can get your news out there super quick. Does that mean it's better? You know, jury's still out on that one, I think, because, you know, we are so in tune to getting our news as instantly when it happens that there's no time for fact checking. There's no time for, you know, running it by alternate sources. So I think it it changed the game a little bit. We're still working that out. But I think in the long run, it'll be better because it's just another opportunity to get news out and reach people. You know, and people are, it's still growing. People are still using it. That's And a lot of them, that's where they get their news. So if you're a startup um, and you're trying to reach a particular demographic, maybe the newspaper is not the way to go. Maybe maybe it is social media. I know a lot of people, especially in the millennial generation, that's where they get their news. They aren't watching it in the morning. They're not reading the paper. They're on Facebook so mm-hmm. um, or Instagram. Mm-hmm. I'm updating myself. They're probably on Instagram and Snapchat. <laughs> um <laughs> But so you you've got to be where the people are. So it's just it's another skill we have to learn. But I think, I think it is making it easier. But also there's more work to be done. So you've got to manage all of those conversations. Um, you can't just set up a Facebook page and set it and forget it. You've got to manage it. You've got to monitor the conversations. You've got to answer comments for better or for worse. I know some people it's hard to see criticism on those pages and maybe you want to ignore it or delete it, which is the worst thing you can do. You've got to be transparent because because of the age that we're in so I'm glad you mentioned that I I think that transparency and authenticity is so important it's so easy to see through it when it's contrived how would you recommend a small business balances let's say maybe outsourcing that while still maintaining a level of authenticity to their brand what is the best way to kind of juggle that sure I think for a small business starting out small So maybe you're not on every single social media channel. You're on one and you're figuring that out because you'll have different audiences on each of those channels. For where I work, you know, our Facebook audience skews a lot older than those who follow us on Instagram. And we know that. So what we share on each of those platforms might be a little bit different. But if you're starting out and you've got a small team or you're just a party of one, I think starting small and not getting too ambitious is the way to go. And if you can manage your voice for a while on your own before you outsource that. I think it's tough to outsource without, like you said, losing that authenticity. So once you can establish your voice and people know what to expect from you, it's easier to hand it off to, say, you hire an agency or a freelancer. They'll understand what you're trying to get across. When I used to work with clients with social media, you know, we'd have posts that we would have to get approved. It wasn't just me sitting at my computer being the voice of X, Y, and Z company. Um, you know, it's, a, it's an open conversation. It sometimes doesn't mean that you can work from 8 to 5 and and shut down and go home because social media doesn't ever sleep. So it's also setting those expectations. So whether on your Facebook page you say, you know, comments will be responded to within 48 hours or 72 hours. Give people an expectation. 7 to 10 weeks. 7 to 10 weeks for some people. (laughs) If that's your turnaround time, please do not have a Facebook page. (laughs) Uh, but it's it's doing that. So, you know, being transparent. I can't get to this within three minutes of you posting. But if you let people know in advance that it's going to be at least three days, maybe less, you know, then they're ready for that. 
Yeah, I think that's such a good point. I know when I work with my one-on-one coaching clients, I always tell them to pick one social media outlet and pick the one that you like. Yes. What's the one that you already use yep. personally? You're familiar with. Yeah, and, and how does that – because I, I think, too, that the, the different outlets have a very different voice within how you need to communicate with those audiences. Mm-hmm. Like the Twitter – Twitter is something that I am not on. <laughs> I'm not going to be on. I am not brief enough to be on Twitter. <laughs> but for me, I just I just really don't get it. I don't follow it personally, and so I don't have it for my business. And and even though every now and then I think, oh, that would probably be good for particularly my new for Embolden to be on Twitter, I immediately decide not to because I have no interest in it. Well, frankly. but also be realistic, right? It's like if you're going to take that on, that's a whole you know a whole other part of your day that you've got to you could devote to that. And it's- if you're not into it, you don't really enjoy it. You're reaching audiences other ways, so. Yes. And it's a commitment. The worst right. thing I think you could do is just start an account and then just let it sit there yep. and think that somehow that's going to bring value to your brand. Right. So don't follow me on Twitter because that's what happened to me. <laughs> you know, 12 <laughs> years ago, I had to set up an account for work. Same way. I just, I never, I never got, I never caught on for me. It was never easy. Not that I wouldn't recommend it to some people, but yeah, it's do what you like, do what you know, and mm-hmm. become an expert in that. Mm-hmm. So that it becomes easy and like second second nature to be able to do before you jump into something else. You're not missing, you know, a large chunk of audience by just being on one platform. I think if you do it, it's it's more about quant or quality than quantity. Um, if you're really good at Instagram and that's where you're reaching people and you're getting likes, you know, stick with it, grow it, make it bigger, find out how you can you know advertise on it. Um, and then decide if you need to grow your audience, if you need to move to a different platform. That would be my advice. That's great advice. Speaking of advice from you, mm. why don't you explain to us, I think a press release is the other thing that there's a lot of mystery about, um, particularly for business owners. I know that you have helped me on this particular point, but I know that not everything that I would deem newsworthy in my business is what you would potentially say is newsworthy. Maybe it's- vice versa. Sure. (laughs) So I know that, you know, it's not necessarily a marketing, it can be used as a marketing tool, but it's not, hey, I started, um, you know, I I have a promotion going on for Christmas and I want to tell lots of people about it. I'm going to pitch it to the news. Why don't you share with us what, A, what makes something newsworthy and B, when someone would use a press release to their advantage. Sure. So just to go back to your example, if you're running a promotion and you're selling something, that really would fall under marketing. So that would be an ad campaign. That would be, you know, paying for ads on Facebook and letting people know about your sale. To make something newsworthy, it's, you know, you've got to find, you know, what the angle is and what makes it important. So I also like to compare myself to a salesperson, right? So I'm pitching something. I'm not pitching a product. I'm pitching a story. So I've got to understand particular reporters what they like writing about so it's doing research and finding out you know this person always writes about you know causes or you know nonprofit organizations or um this person writes about you know they're investigative reporter so they want to get the juicy stuff or this person's you know we're building a new building they like to hear about growth in businesses so what makes it newsworthy is what what appeals to a reporter so are you launching, you know, a new business. That might not be a story for, you know, city newspaper, but it could be a story for the Rochester Business Journal. So what's who's your audience? Um, you're also not going to probably reach a lot of new clients 
in particular outlets. So something that is newsworthy is got to be, you know, we are launching a new campaign or we've just received an award. Um, our client has a new product. We are moving moving businesses. We just broke $3 million in sales. Something that would, if you s- would see it in a headline in a newspaper. I don't know if that helps at all, but... Um, no, it does. And some things that you might think are not newsworthy are um, also evergreen stories, so human interest stories, profile pieces. I always find your story so interesting that you built this business, which is very successful from the ground up. One person. And you're a Rochester native, and you stayed. So that's a cool story, right? So let's pitch a profile on Natalie to, you know, City Newspaper or 585 or where people are going to read about you. That's great for you because you can say I was this in this article, but also it's probably going to reach new clients. So a press release isn't something that you'd use, like I said, to announce we're having a sale or, you know, buy one, get one, whatever. Shoes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's to announce something major that has legs. So, um, you know, for example, we're breaking ground on a new whatever, um, or mm-hmm. we've just invented this amazing new product and we're going to share it with the world. Um, but also things like I mentioned, those evergreen human interest stories, but you've got to find the right people to pitch it to. And that's probably why you'd want somebody on your team that kind of knows. So if someone, let's say, does their own press release and they, which you don't recommend. I don't recommend. Yeah, the, fa- the face you just made was like, oh, <laughs> uh, what if you didn't? It pains me, but it's fine. Um, well, okay, so here's a better question. Yeah. If you, let's say that you, you don't have a huge budget, you're a small business owner, um, you're you're launching your business, you're opening your store, you know, whatever, you're, you're open for business now, you're excited to share that message. Are you able to hire a PR professional to simply write a press release or is it a larger commitment than that? It's not. I think, you know, a lot of people in the industry, there's a lot of freelancers, especially in a town this size in Rochester. And a lot of these people are, you know, experts in the field. And I would recommend, you know, handfuls of them. You can certainly do things like that where it's like, I've got this launch. I need help just getting this written and out the door. I don't, the cost of that is, is minimal. But it also should be considered to be part of a larger strategy. So why are you writing a press release? What is your what are your hopes? Do you just you just want an article in the paper or you need to, you know, you need to increase foot traffic? Are there other things that we can do from a PR perspective to help you? So I think that's why it's important, like we talked about, to meet with somebody in advance of all of this stuff happening and figure out, is it just a press release? Maybe it is. Maybe it's just an announcement and you want to get the word out and go from there. Um, but if it's part of a bigger strategy that has more legs, that's always probably a better option. That's what I'm... Sure. No, that's helpful. And I think that there's some good tips in there for people to think about before they reach out to someone to hire them to do a press release. Sure. And I think even when, you know, when I'll sit down with you, it's like, what? okay, what are we trying to get across? What do we need to say? It's not, you know, what are your key messages? And you should know that as a as a business owner. You know, here here's my mission statement. This is what I want to accomplish with this business. Um, if you, we also try to tell people, you know, the elevator speech. So if you were stuck in an elevator and you had to go up a couple floors, you have 60 seconds to describe what your business is. You should have that and you should know, and your PR person should know that. And that's kind of the basis of all of your announcements. They should all be, you know, within the same messaging and they should represent your brand the right way. So yeah, I, 
I think it's scary to think I've got to hire all these outside consultants to launch a business, but I think a PR professional is really helpful and not just writing a press release or getting to know the media, but really helping you and your brand maintain its reputation. So what, what do you see? What is your story? Let us be the ones to help you tell it the right way. I think that's really great advice, particularly for, you know, those startups, those like bootstrappers. Work on your elevator pitch. Come up with your 60-second description of what you do. One of my favorite quotes is, I don't know if it's a quote necessarily, but it's it's a funny thing that I saw on Instagram. That's what a quote is, right? Um, and <laughs> yes. it was like, I wanted to write you a short letter, but I only had time to write a long one. And I think that, that there's so much truth in that. It made me laugh because I was like, oh my God, that's so me. It's hard to be concise. It's true. And it's vital. Yeah. And sometimes you only have 60 seconds to explain to somebody what, what it is that you do. So I think that that's phenomenal advice. Um, what's one other thing you'd like to leave our listeners with if they are, let's say, a small business owner or even if they're just um, a business professional trying to make a change in their community and they are trying to maybe share their, their story or you know part of their cause? What's one more tip that you would leave with them for how to communicate or where, you know, how they can handle the PR of their, their message? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that everybody can do is you know, find out where the need is. So if there's something that your business does that there's an obvious gap somewhere in the community, find out where you can help. I mean, that the whole causal campaign, so, you know, donations and organizations that do things for good, that is an awesome PR news piece. They're they're great. So I would say, you know, look around, find out what you're passionate about, um, find out where your business can help, um, and, and go from there. So, you know, not just everyday news pieces, but I think, um, you know, if you're looking to make a difference, you can start there. That's great. The only other thing I would say is, you know, anyone that has a new business or, or thinking about starting a new business is really do your market research. So I've met with some people that are like, you know, I'm like, who are, you, who are your top competitors? If you were to launch this business, you know, what are other people doing? And they have no idea. And maybe the market is saturated with what you're trying to do. So really understand what's happening around you and in the community you're trying to to get into, if that makes sense. Um, and a PR person can help you do that. So it's really identifying your audience, you know, what sets you apart, what makes you different and unique, um, because that's that's the PR story, right? So we're the, we're the first company to do this. We're the largest. We're the best. We're, um, you know, doing the most good. So anything that, that, that has that kind of headline in it is good for PR. Superlatives. Yes. Kelly, thank you so much for your time today. I, I know that you provided so much value to our listeners on how they can handle public relations a little bit on their own and maybe when or why they would hire someone. Thanks so much for being a guest. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. Thanks for listening to the Own Your Bold podcast. For show notes, resources, freebies, and more, visit ownyourbold.biz or come see what we're up to on Instagram and Facebook at Embolden Biz. Till next time.